This is Jeff Scrivener, and welcome to episode three of Roses and Respect DMV, the podcast where passion meets purpose. Tonight's episode is special. Now, I've been a hip hop fan from as long as I can remember. I could say early 80s, maybe 83, 84. And tonight's episode is special because there was a time and place where I felt that hip hop, the the culture, the music was solidified in 1988. But before we get to the meat of our episode, I start out with a quote. And tonight's quote comes from the legend, the icon from Mount Vernon, New York, Heavy D. May he continue to rest in paradise. And Heavy's quote is as followed. God gave me a gift to put people at ease. What I do is what I do. If I sit down and try to tell you, break it down, technically, I couldn't because I don't know. And that's the God honest truth. I hear a beat. I feel it. I write it. I say it. Tonight's episode, once again, I used to love her, 1988. But before we get to 1988, I want to take you back to the 70s. 1520 Sedgwick Avenue, South Bronx, New York. The birthplace of hip-hop music. DJ Cool Herc, known as the godfather of hip-hop music, started a form called the merry-go-round where he took two turntables and mixed music and broke music down technically by break beats and different different sounds and different and different ways you can hear music and turn his block parties into hip-hop now that was the foundation in the 70s i i believe 1972 73 and it continued from Cool Herc to the Fatback Band, from the Fatback Band to the Sugar Hill Gang. And from the Sugar Hill Gang, we have Busy B, um, Modi, Run DMC. The list goes on and on. Now, a little history of me with hip hop. Growing up here in the DMV, I was a big Jackson 5, Soul Fan, and also Go-Go. Go-Go originated here in the DMV. I was a big fan. You know, I used to listen to all types of music from hip-hop to soul to pop to rock. Anything my parents were listening to at the time, I listened to. So, in the early 80s, I discovered a genre of music called hip hop. They were calling it rap, hip hop. Now, a lot of hip hop pioneers, especially from New York, will say that they fell in love with hip hop by listening to the Sugar Hill Gang in 1979 with Rapper's Delight. Now, I didn't hear Rapper's Delight until years 
later in the early 80s, maybe maybe like, like 82, 83. But when I fell in love with hip hop music is when in 1984, when I heard a song by a group called Nucleus and the song was called Jam On It. And I tell you, when I heard that and heard the music and by then people were popping and locking and break dancing. So that was a perfect song for breaking and rapping. So I fell in love with hip hop then. Listening to Nucleus introduced me also to Run DMC, the Fat Boys, Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew. Grandmaster Flash in the Furious Five. Grandmaster Flash is another pioneer in hip-hop in the South Bronx, along with Cool Herc, Grand Wizard Theodore, and so many others that started this thing and continued to build on what Cool Herc did in his block parties in the 70s. Now, back to me. 84 was the year that I fell in love with hip-hop. I started reaching out, listening to all types of hip hop. And it was just, it was amazing to hear, like I said, Dougie Fresh, Slick Rick, Run DMC, uh, The Fat Boys. Uh, you have uh, MC Light. And these artists really made me really fall in love with this art form. It made me want to do it. I had my little rhyme books. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you. I had my little rhyme books, and I was doing it, writing it, trying to be a hip hop star. I didn't care if I was from the DMV or not. I wanted to be a hip hop star, a breaker, a rapper, a graffiti artist. I just wanted to break into the culture and the genre by any means necessary. Now, back to the title of the, today's podcast. Today's podcast, once again, is I Used to Love Her. It's a play on words for the classic common song, I Used to Love Her. So it's not something where I'm saying I used to love hip hop and now I don't. But I, it's just a play on words on the common, the classic common joint. Now, 1988, like I said, was a year that I felt that mm -hmm. hip hop was definitely solidified now i'm looking at my source right now my source is wikipedia i know a lot of folks feel a certain way about a wikipedia but i'm going to use it for for this podcast just to let you know what 1988 brought us in music in culture let me tell you something and i'm just going to go down the list of albums and artists that were introduced to the world and i once again 1988 i feel that it solidified hip-hop it's known as the golden age of hip the start of the golden age of hip-hop and when i read you this list of artists you're gonna say hey i understand because you could remember where you were when certain songs came out now, I'm going to go through this list of albums, release dates, and artists, and talk a little bit about some of the songs that came from those particular artists and those particular albums in 1988. I'm going to start out with February 23rd, 1988. Biz Marquee, 
going off. Let me tell you something. The song Vapors gave so many introverts life because it told the story of someone coming from nothing, making something of himself, and seeing the transformation of those people around them once that person made it and how they acted towards that person. And I'll tell you, that album is classic. Once again, Biz Marquee going off. March 29th, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ, I'm the Rapper, was the sophomore album for the duo. Parents just don't understand. Brand new funk. As we go. I, I can go on and on and on. It was a double album. Let me tell you something. It was a double album. The first album had all raps. The second album was dedicated to DJ Jazzy Jeff and his cutting and scratching and innovation when it came to his art form as a DJ. Now, let me go continue with this list. April 12th, Boogie Down Productions, by all means necessary. <laughs> My philosophy on the industry, I'm still number one. I believe this was the sophomore album by Boogie Down Productions. By this time, DJ Scott LaRock, founding member of BDP, was tragically killed. KRS-One continued on with D-Nice, Miss Melody, and took the world by storm once again with By All Means Necessary. May 17th of that same year, the legends, the legends from Queens, Run DMC, released a movie and an album slash soundtrack called Tougher Than Leather. Tougher Than Leather. Whose house? Run's house. That we have. Say what? A whole lot of superstars on this stage here tonight. That, that song right there, you can crank that joint to this day, 2021, and it's still popping. Now, I'm going, I'm going to continue. May 31st, 1988, Doug E. Fresh and the Get Fresh crew released a sophomore album called The World's Greatest Entertainer. Doug E. Fresh, I'm telling you, keep rising to the top. Whoo, classic. Cut that zero, get with this hero. That joint, I think he had a song with Go-Go, with a Go-Go band. I think it was Rare Essence, if I can remember. I'm getting ready. That World's Greatest Entertainer album was the bomb. I'm telling you, that's, whoo, Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew, the World's Greatest Entertainer. Let me continue. I'm, I may start crying as I run down this list because this is oh, bringing back so many memories. Let me see. June 7th, two albums came out. Two groups debuted on the same day. <sighs> Legends, classic. June 7th, Audio 2 
What more can I say? All I have to say is top billing. Top billing is one of the most rememberable, memorable songs out there. Beat, rhymes, Milk D, Gizmo DJ, Brother Duo. Lyrics you can follow and pick up the first time you hear it. What more can I say? Let me see. I think they had a song called, uh, I think it was like um, Hickey's. There was a song called Hickey's, uh, Picking Cherries. It, I mean, it was, the, the album was kind of novelty-like, but it's classic because they were, the the rhymes were just elementary, but the, the music was just so great and classic. But let me continue. Let me continue. June 7th also produced the debut album of another legendary duo, EPMD, Strictly Business. <sighs> that album, you got to chill, your customer. Strictly Business, the title track, has so many hip-hop quotables from Eric Sermon and PMD, but that album, classic. Me and my cousin Tony bumped that that debut album from run uh from excuse me from EPMD uh constantly. And I'm telling you, strictly business, go back, listen to that from beginning to end. You will not skip a song. Classic. Let me continue. Who? June 15th. I'm looking at it right now. June 15th was interesting as well. It was the debut album of what some people call a one-hit wonder. And that was J.J. Fad. And the song and the album, Supersonic. Nuff said, Nuff said, Nuff said. J.J. Fad, shout out to J.J. Fad. West Coast, June 21st, Stesasonic. In full gear. Stesasonic, Daddy-O, Delight, Fuquan, the crew, uh, Prince Paul, Prince Paul, the DJ, In Full Gear, the song Sally, the song Talking All That Jazz, legendary group, legendary songs. I need to continue because I'm going to start crying and reminiscing too much. And this podcast is going to run out of space. Now, June 28th, another debut from a legend. This legend right here is in my top five MCs of all time. <sighs> the man, the myth, the legend, Big Daddy Kane. Long Live the Kane was the debut album from BDK. And once again, I say he's one of my top five MCs of all time. Let me break that down to you. Number one, KRS-One. Number two, Rakim. Number three, Big Daddy Kane. Number four, Nas. And surprisingly, number five, Grand Poobah. But hey, let me continue. Also on June 28th, this was the sophomore album from this legendary group. This legendary group helped me with my quest to learn about my history. And Chuck D, Flavor Flav, Terminator X, 
Professor Griff, Public Enemy, when they released on June 28, 1988, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. I was sold. I was all sold out then. That's yes. Don't believe the hype. Uh -huh. Night of the Living Bass Heads. Legendary, legendary group, Public Enemy. It takes a nation of millions. Just the interludes itself on that album. Shout out to the Bomb Squad, Hank Shockley, and the crew for producing such a beautiful, timeless album. Now, before Nations of Millions, I didn't know who Minister Farrakhan was. But listening to Chuck D and his conviction, I learned more. I, I took that knowledge that I got from Chuck D and started doing my research. Shout out to the minister and the nation. Now, I'm going to continue. Now, I, I told you before, I was a Fat Boys fan. Big Fat Boys fan from the early 80s. Prince Marky D and I, may he rest in paradise. Looked alike. I was husky, chubby. Now, the Fat Boys released the album July 1st of 1988. And the album was called Coming Back Again. Hard, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Coming Back Hard Again. Shout out to the Fat Boys. Rest in Paradise, Prince Marky D. Now, let me continue. July 26th. <sighs> the legend. The legends. Eric B. and Rakim follow the leader. I think this was the debut album. I mean, not, not, no, this wasn't the debut album. Excuse me. This was a sophomore album. This was Eric B. and Rockham's debut album on a major record label, Uni Records, which is like a subsidiary of MCA Records. And it was like they, a million dollar con, I think they were the first artists to get a million dollar record contract. And that was big in 1988 to, to go from uh, a local independent record label to a major label was a big deal in the 80s. Because that meant your, your music was going to go worldwide over and over again with wider distribution. Now, let me continue. On that same day, July 26, 1988, Salt and Pepper, their sophomore album, I believe, Assault with a deadly pepper. Now this album was special because Herbie Lovebug, their producer, was not shy about using go-go music in his mix because their their debut album, um, I think it was Hot, Cool, and Vicious, used the song um, "My Mic Sounds Nice." He sampled go-go music, so people here in the DMV were excited because. The, that you're you're playing go-go music, you're rapping over go-go music, and shout out and all respect to Herbie Lovebug. He doesn't get enough credit for what he did in hip hop. But Salt and Pepper's sophomore album, Assault with a Deadly Pepper, was released on July 26, and it produced a song called Shake Your Thing, featuring DC's own Experience Unlimited, EU, Sugar Bear, and the crew. And it was exciting. Salt and Pepper also had a song called Everybody Get Up that was hot. And I'm telling you right now, Salt and Pepper, they don't get 
as much credit as they deserve as uh, legends. And, you know, if you get a chance to see them in concert, I guarantee you, you won't be dissatisfied. Shout out to Salt and Pepper. Let me continue. Now, my cousin was a, a avid album, you know, purchaser along with myself. We were hip hop heads. Now, August 8th, 1988 was the debut of a group. Well, it wasn't a, much of a debut. I think this was their sophomore album. Straight out of Compton, NWA. At the time, NWA, for me, as a wrestling fan, fanatic, was uh, National Wrestling Alliance. But NWA from the West Coast took that to the next level. And if you've been sleeping on the rock for the last 30 plus years and you don't know what NWA stands for in hip hop, I need you to go back to sleep, Rip, Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> now, straight out of Compton, Nuff said, Legendary, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, Easy E, Yellow, MC Ren. Uh, I think, let me see, I think uh, there were a few other. Uh, members of the group as well, but those were the main members. Uh, NWA straight out of Compton, legendary. August 17th, 1988. There was a group out of Miami that took the world and the industry by storm. And that group was the two live crew. Move Something was the album that was released in 1988. Let me tell you something what about 2 Live Crew and their videos and what they did to, you know, censorship in, in the 80s. You know, shout out to Uncle Luke and the 2 Live Crew because they did something that was necessary at the time. Because, you know, uh, Congress wanted to censor music and 2 Live Crew... Because of their lyrics, because of the content, you know, Congress was wanted to slap a label and censorship on all hip hop music. It doesn't matter. It didn't matter if you were considered a clean rapper or a conscious rapper. They just looked at hip hop as negative and wanted to censor it. But shout out to Uncle Luke and the two live crew. They went to court. They fought the good fight, won the case. And the rest is history. But in 1988, let me tell you another story. 1988, there used to be a, a show called The Box. The Box is where you would call on your landline this 1-800-1900 number to request videos. The, the, each video that was viewed had a three-digit code. You, you Once you call that 1-800-1900 number. You put that three-digit code in for the video you wanted to see. And the two live crew, Me So Horny, was the probably like the number one video <laughs> requested. You know, for adolescents like myself, I was 15, 16 at the time. So, you know, if any time to see, you know, TNA, you know, I was all for it. But I digress. <laughs> now, let me continue. September 1st, 1988, Sir Mix-A-Lot from the West Coast, Seattle, released an album called Swass. And it was, you know, Sir Mix-A-Lot being from the West Coast, being from Seattle, Washington was, 
was unheard of at the time because at the time there were a lot of Southern California rappers, San Francisco and Oakland rappers, but to to listen to someone from Seattle, Washington was rare. But shout out to Sir Mix-a-Lot and his album Swass in 1988. Let me continue. Let me say September 13th, Ice-T. I don't know if this was his sophomore or third album, but Ice-T released an album called Power. All I have to say is, all I have to say is, Darlene, OG, Ortiz. Enough said. Shout out to Ice-T, Darlene, Ortiz. Power was the album that was released September 13, 1988. Also on that same day, MC Light debuted. Light as a rock. Ah, man, that album. I still crank that album till this day. MC Light. When you say you love me, it doesn't matter. It goes into my ear as just chit chatter. Paper thin. Let me. Ah. I'm gonna start crying. Let me let me continue. Let me continue. I, I don't wanna I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. But this 1988, let me take 1988 was the year that I said, hey, hip hop is it. This is there's nothing else. My sister had new edition, my parents had Motown, and I had hip hop. So 88 did it for me. And I, you know, I have to continue before I start crying because it was so great back then. September 13th also produced. An album. It wasn't a debut album. I think it was a sophomore album on Jive Records. Uh, this individual is from Philly. This individual debut album did okay, but it didn't have the commercial appeal that Jive Records wanted it to have. So Barry Wise and the, and the folks at Jive Records recruited a label mate who was already a legend in hip hop, KRS One, Boogie Down Productions to produce some tracks or maybe I no, actually he produced the whole, the whole album for D uh, steady B and DJ tap money. This album was called let the hustlers play and steady B and KRS one did a remix for a song called serious. And back then remixes were actually remixes. Now today's, Remix, so-called remix, is just adding people to the original music. But back then, you took the lyrics from the original song and you handpicked a new song to blend it with, and that was considered a remix. You probably added some new rappers or what have you, but it was it was this. And most most of the times, it was the same lyrics, maybe some some different lyrics, and a new beat, and that was a remix. So serious. Karis One Boogie Down Productions did their thing for Steady B. Shout out to Steady B. September 20th, DJ Marley Mall and the Juice Crew debuted something called In Control Volume 1, a compilation of artists on the Juice Crew roster. A debut of Master Ace. We already talked about Biz Markie, Big Daddy Kane, Craig G., the Intelligent Hoodlum, and a few other folks within the Juice Crew roster in 1988, a compilation album by DJ Molly Mall, The Symphony, 
That's all I have to say. The symphony is it. That is the one of the greatest posse cuts of all time. Shout out to Molly Maul, the Juice Crew, In Control Volume 1. Also on September 20th was the debut album from an artist. Some people call, once again, some people call him a one-hit wonder. But this song has stood the test of time. And it's Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. It takes two. That's all I have to say. It takes two. Rob Bass, DJ Easy Rock. Now, let me continue. September 28th was the debut of an artist from the West Coast, Oakland region. Now, this artist, during this time and shortly after, was accused of being too pop for hip-hop. And a lot of East Coast artists used to diss him real hard. But I give all praises and respect to MC Hammer. Let's get it started. September 28, 1988. That's all I have to say. If you saw him in concert, he gave you a show. He gave you your money's worth. Your $20, your $25, or whatever was the cost of a ticket back then, you were not disappointed. You, you know, With Hammer, you were looking at the entertainment factor. You weren't, you know, as an East Coast artist and a fan, sometimes you look for lyrical content and music but this guy was a true the true definition of an entertainer mc hammer let's get it started period now let's continue uh, um let's see let's continue now we have a few artists here now say let me go down october 21st 1988 was the debut album from a duo from New York. One guy had a high top fade. Well, I think they both had high top fades, but the kid of Kid and Play had a higher high top fade that distinguished him from anybody else during that time. Kid and Play, their debut album, Too Hype, was there. Getting funky. Um, let's see, uh, last night, that's one of my favorite cuts on that album with rock, uh, the real rock sand back then they were label mates on uh select records. Um, and so many more kid, kid and play. They did not disappoint. They were lyrically, uh, strong. They did their thing and they're legends to this day. They made movies. House party is a legendary movie. Uh, class act is a legendary movie. They went on to um, score the um, theme song to Martin and so many other things. Kid and Play is just, just legendary. Shout out to Kid and Play. Also, let me look at this list here. There's so many, so many, so many great albums. November 1st. <sighs> the debut album of a legend storyteller slick rick the ruler the greatest adventures of slick rick was released november 1st 1988 <sighs> let me see what would uh children's story mona lisa ah uh, 
so many great songs on the album that just escape me right now. Those are just two. But that album, that whole album, the beats were great. The lyrics were great. Slick Rick did his thing. Before then, Slick Rick was part of the Get Fresh crew, the Kango crew. And he did a couple of singles, The Ruler's Back and stuff like that. But this is when he joined the Def Jam roster and came out with the a classic album. Go back. And for those who never heard of Slick Rick, research him, Google him. Go to YouTube. Look up The Greatest Adventures of Slick Rick. Play that album. You will not skip a song. You'll hear so many hip-hop quotables, your, your head will spin. Slick Rick. Shout out to Slick Rick. November 8th, 1988. The Jungle Brothers. <sighs> Straight out the jungle. Educated man. From the motherland. Some people call me a star. But that's not what I am. I'm a jungle brother. A true blue brother. And I've been to too many places you never discover. That Africa, man, that... That album right there from the Jungle Brothers started the ball rolling for one of the greatest, um, you know, uh, posses in hip hop, the native tongue. You had Jungle Brothers, you had De La Soul, you had A Tribe Called Quest, Queen Latifah, Moni Love, the list goes on. Black Sheep, I forgot about Black Sheep. They... The Native Tongue Posse did it. Now, De La Soul is my favorite group of all time, bar none. And we're going to talk about that before the podcast ends. But the Jungle Brothers debuted November 8th, 1988, straight out of the jungle. I'm going to go down, go down, go down. There was a group out of Philly that debuted three times dope. Original styling. Once again, out of Philly, Funky Dividend, Greatest Man Alive. This group wasn't a one-hit wonder. They were steady for a good five, six years. Everyone knew Three Times Dope from Philly. And their debut album, Original Stylings, classic. Check it out when you get a chance. Before, uh, before I continue, Curtis Blow was still... In 1988, still doing his thing. He had an album called Back by Popular Demand. Shout out to Curtis Blow, the legend. The legendary. He's still out there doing this thing. I think he's a minister now. But he was in the 80s, as as far as a solo artist, he was the man. He was the bar as far as solo artists were concerned. You know, he was like the... I can, he was kind of like the godfather or the, of the solo artists that people looked up to and patterned their styles by. And shout out to Curtis Blow. Let me continue to go down this list. Ah, oh, man, so many, so many, so many, so many. There was a group, a duo called Super Lover C and Casanova Rudd. They had a song called Girls, I Got Them Locked. Classic, classic. They also had a song that I used to loop and rhyme over called Do the James. Mm -hmm. And they looped a James Brown uh, track 
and classic material. And since that that song in 1988, due to James, a lot of producers and artists use that loop to make album, make songs going beyond 1988. Super Lover C, Casanova Rudd, the album Girls I Got Them Lot, the song Girls I Got Them Lot. K9 Posse. K9 Posse included the younger brother of comedians Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy. May Charlie Murphy rest in paradise. Continue to rest in paradise, my brother. But the K9 Posse was born. And um, they had, I could say they had maybe a one or two hit run. But shout out to the K9 Posse and Vernon um Let's say Murphy. Now, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. The Skinny Boys, 88, Skinny and Proud. Ah, original concept, Dr. Dre, the Ed Love and Dr. Dre. Original mm-hmm. concept. There was a group also out of Philly. You know, we talked about Three Times Dope, Steady B, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. But this was another group called Cash Money and Marvelous. And, you know, with the success of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, record labels wanted to duplicate the success. And unfortunately, Cash Money and Marvelous fell under that trap of duplication. So when they debuted their album, Where's the Party At? Their um, song, I I forgot the name of the song, but the video concept... Cash Money, Marvelous, looked so much like DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince that it was unfair to them because Cash Money was a well-known DJ that won, you know, competitions. And they 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 reduced him and his partner Marvelous to a novelty act. And I knew they had more skills than that. Also, in 1988... There was an artist from New York. My cousin Tony introduced me to this artist. Artist named Chubb Rock. He was produced by another legendary producer, Howie T. He doesn't get enough credit for all the things Howie T did. He did Special Ed. Um, Yeah, it was just, you know, he doesn't get, just like Herbie Lovebug, he doesn't get enough credit. But Chubb Rock, debuted in 1988 and there was there was no official single released you just at that time you just had to buy the whole album and fall in love with the Mm -hmm. whole album Mm -hmm. and shout out to chubb rock because he's still out there doing this thing i believe he has a radio show in atlanta and so shout out to chubb rock howie t uh debut album Chub Rock, peace. Now, there was a group out of New York produced by Full Force and UTFO, Kango Kid to be exact. A group called Whistle. Whistle came out a few years earlier than 1988 with a song called We're Only Buggin'. Hip hop, straight hip hop. And they also had a a song on their debut album called Barber's Bedroom. And we used to tease um, a neighborhood kid 
uh, about Barber because that was his mama's name. And we used to sing that song uh, to get under his skin at the bus stop. But I digress. We're, we're older now, 40, 49 and 50. Shout out to Doug and, and all the crew growing up in the DMV in Glen Arden back in the day. But Whistle came out with a, a sophomore album called Transformation, which meant they went from doing hip hop to strictly R&B. And the Transformation album produced a classic Quiet Storm hit called Still My Girl. Shout out to Whistle, Kango Kid, 1988. Now, 1988, I read down the list of so many great albums and artists that debuted or had a sophomore album that solidified hip hop. 1988, the golden era of hip hop began in 1988, and people still look at that as the best year of hip hop music. I I agree. That was the greatest time. I just read down artists, year, I guess date, album. And let me tell you something that I, I was skipping through. I didn't I didn't go through the whole list because uh, I'm pretty sure there were beside what's here on this list through Wikipedia. There were so many other artists that debuted or released albums in 1988 that made folks just say, hey, hip hop is here to stay. Now, tonight's show, Roses and Respect DMV, I want to give a shout out to everyone who has contributed to hip-hop music from DJ Cool Herc to Nas and everyone in between, Biggie, Tupac, all the artists, all the groups. I'm still a hip-hop fan. I hope you are. And I hope you enjoyed this episode three of Roses and Respect DMV. Have a good night. Thank you. <laughs>